Hi everyone, uh, this is Mark and this is the Mark Hastings Experience and uh, in this podcast uh, I'm going to be talking about everything from poetry to films to uh, TV shows to books and about uh, anything and everything that inspires me and uh, I hope you like what you hear. Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And this episode, uh, I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite TV shows. Um, It's a TV show that um, is both a spin-off as well as a prequel of of a series, uh, which you may have heard of and which I've spoken about um, in a previous episode of uh, the podcast. And I've been a fan of uh, of that series uh, since the beginning, uh, up until its end. And uh, that series was called Breaking Bad. Um, And uh, it starred uh, Brian Cranston as uh, Walter White. Um, And um, it was about uh, this uh, high school teacher who had uh, discovered he had lung cancer and to uh, pay for his... um, his chemotherapy uh, and his cancer treatment he decided to go into the um, methamphetamine um, cooking business uh, criminal enterprise um, and he soon um, uh, found himself uh, wading into uh, uh, a dark world and found himself going down a dark path um, and uh, basically becoming a, a criminal, uh, but of course hiding uh, a lot of his activities uh, behind uh, the back of his family, uh, as well as his uh, um, his uh, brother-in-law, uh, Hank Schrader. Um, but during the series, um, uh, Walter White and uh, the character of uh, Jesse Pinkman uh are looking to uh get in touch with a lawyer a a criminal lawyer and when i say a criminal lawyer i mean a lawyer that is a criminal um and they are um directed uh towards um by uh um, probably most likely one of the 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 numerous advertisement boards and uh, adverts that are shown on television uh, um, of a um, of a criminal lawyer uh, by the name of Sol Goodman and uh, Sol Goodman um, when we first meet him uh, he is um, this very uh, loud and uh, boisterous um, uh, lawyer um, who uh, is uh, very uh, um, capable of um, talking his way out of uh, out of a situation. Uh, he's very good at um, uh, getting people, uh, criminals, um, 
uh, off of their uh, convictions or getting them a good deal. He's very, um, very skilled at what he uh, what he does. Um, uh, and uh, but he's very shady. He's very, he's considered a very shady uh, lawyer. Um, and um, it's uh, Saul Goodman that uh, both uh, Walter White and Jesse Pinkman go to see um, and um, eventually uh, um, Saul Goodman uh, played by the incredible Bob Odenkirk becomes their lawyer and over the the course of the series um, he becomes even more um, intertwined with their um, criminal operation he starts to get money given to him directly um, and he helps um, um, helps them when they get into uh, some um, uh, legal problems um, and uh, he becomes he became a major part of the cast in fact and um the uh as far as i am aware the the viewers uh of uh, breaking bad absolutely loved uh bob odenkirk's um first appearance uh, as Saul goodman uh so much that they they just wanted to see more of him and it was uh as a response to this that the the writers of uh peter gould and um vince gilligan uh, who's the executive producer of uh, Breaking Bad, uh, started to um, introduce more storylines where uh, Saul Goodman could be a part of. Um, and uh, Saul Goodman first appeared on screen in the season two uh, um, episode of uh, Breaking Bad, which was episode eight, and it was called Better Call Saul. And as I say, um, uh, he uh, um, he began to uh, appear more and more throughout the series as the, the seasons went on, up until the end, in fact. And the last episode that Sol Goodman appeared in was the, um, the 15th episode of season five, um, uh, coming towards the end of Breaking Bad at this point. Um, and, uh, it was at this time that, uh, uh, Sol Goodman, uh, because the, uh, the DEA had, uh, started to apprehend some of his close associates and, uh, uh, he at this point feared that he may be, um, arrested and, um, um, convicted because of his his association with this drunk drug empire that uh uh walter white had um had become the the kingpin of uh um so he uh decided to uh take the uh the services of um or ask for the services of ed the disappearer uh, that's the, the name of the character uh, who uh, whose uh, real name was Ed um, Galbraith and he was played by the wonderful uh, and sadly missed uh, Robert uh, Forster and um, 
Ed is one of these people who is able to give people a a another start. He can he's able to facilitate people with a new identity. Um, um, and he demands one hundred twenty-five thousand uh, dollars to do this. Um, and as a front for his operation, uh, his relocation operation, uh, and providing criminals with new identities and new places to live, he uses his um, vacuum sales uh, um, store uh, and service center, best quality vacuum, as uh, a legitimate uh, front to to mask his um, uh, his operation. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, Robert Forster, um, died, um, last year, uh, well, two years ago now, in uh, October of 2019, um, unfortunately, of brain cancer, and he was an incredible actor. Uh, I remember first seeing him in Twin Peaks, um, and he, he appeared in, uh, Breaking Bad a couple of times, um and he appeared in the uh Breaking Bad uh movie El Camino um uh in which he was um instrumental in helping uh, Jesse Pinkman in uh getting away and finding a new a new life um but as I say he was the one who helps uh Saul Goodman um via his vacuum repair shop uh at the same time as Walt, um, Walter White goes to see him after they have both paid for their new identity and their relocation, um, and uh, at this point, um, while um, Ed is uh, trying to uh, work out um, where Walter White's going to be going, uh, he tells uh, Saul that his new life will be in Nebraska and um, that uh, he's going to have to leave uh, his uh, his previous identity of Saul Goodman behind um, and he can't speak of anything that has happened uh, in uh, Albuquerque and that's where um, most of Breaking Bad was set in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico uh, and uh, as I say, Sol would have to move to now move have to move to Nebraska, and um, he would have to um, uh, change his name uh, as well. Um, and um, he would, as I say, he would have to have no contact with uh, anybody who he knew previously. So he is set up in a new home, in a new state, uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, he's given the new identity of Gene uh, Takovic, the manager of a Cinnabon store in Omaha, Nebraska. And um, at the beginning of Better Call Saul, this is where we get introduced to Gene uh, Takovic uh, for the first time. And we see Saul... Um, for the first time since Breaking Bad, and and all the, and all of these 
um, scenes that we see Gene Tarkovic in, they're all, all, all of them have been filmed in black and white, and they all take place after the events of Breaking Bad. Um, and we see that it's very a, um, it's 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 a life where um, uh, he can't be. Um, Gene can't be uh, seen to be making himself noticed. Um, so he has to keep under the radar. He has a mustache. Um, he has had to change his, his hair. Uh, he wears glasses. He tries to just, uh, ha- just uh, try to live a, a very um, quiet life. Um, he lives on his own. Um, and he is constantly paranoid that he's going to be discovered by the DEA or the FBI or another law enforcement agency. Uh, the beginning of the series of Better Call Saul, we see uh, Gene sit down in front of his uh, television and he starts to watch an old commercial that he recorded uh, when he was still called Saul Goodman. Um, and he gets overcome with emotion and that is when uh, the beginning of the the story the basic story of uh, Better Call Saul and the entire entire premise of the series which is to fill in the gaps between who who, uh, Saul Goodman was before Breaking Bad and uh, the answer to that question is um, he his real name uh, is uh, James Morgan McGill um, and um, he um, he uh, um, lives uh, and uh, he practices as a um, as a, a lawyer in uh, Albuquerque and uh, through episodes and uh flashbacks to his early life um we uh we find out um that he was born in uh uh, cicero uh illinois uh, just outside of chicago he has an older brother by the name of chuck um uh who became a successful lawyer and he was one of the partners at the albuquerque law firm hamlin hamlin and mcgill um and uh as a child jimmy worked um as a uh in his father's uh general store in cicero uh where um he used to take advantage of his father by stealing uh from the store um he uh embezzled fourteen thousand dollars from the family's store leading to his father's bankruptcy um um and uh he gained the the name uh the nickname of slipping jimmy uh because uh of the the different uh um occasions when he would slip and fall and um claim that there had been an accident when he was in reality just scamming people so over the over the years he he became very effective uh uh, con artist um, uh, he had multiple run-ins with the law um, 
and um, of course uh, uh, he and uh, because uh, his brother Chuck um, became even more successful as a lawyer uh, Jimmy um, and him ha- have a strained relationship uh, Chuck really didn't have um, uh, a lot of respect for Jimmy uh, didn't really have a lot of belief in him um, but um, he Chuck successfully defended Jimmy um, when uh, Jimmy faced being registered as a sex offender um, and uh, he was given a, a job in Albuquerque working uh, at in the HHM mail room and um, when he was working there um, we uh, we we find out that he this is where uh, Jimmy uh, first became friends with Kim Wexler uh, who is played by uh, Rare uh, Seahorn and she's she's great in this uh, in this series um, in fact um it, not only is Better Call Saul a a series about Saul Goodman and how uh, Jimmy McGill became or becomes Saul Goodman, but it's also, uh, in my opinion, a series about um, the making and perhaps the breaking of Kim Wexler. Uh, um, and as, as I say, Rare Seahorn is absolutely phenomenal in the, in the role of uh, of Kim. Um, and she starts off in the in the mail room um, along with uh, along with Jimmy, um, uh, but uh, she's uh, she's um, uh, attending law school while she's working um, in the in the mail room, um, and uh, she uh, eventually uh, gets her. Um, gets her law degree and uh, she starts um, uh, working at uh, HHM Um, and inspired by uh, Jimmy um, Jimmy inspired by Kim uh, uh, starts to uh, undergo and attend a, a college degree at the University of American Samoa uh, on their uh, re- uh, correspondence uh, through their correspondence law school and he eventually gets um, his college degree he passes the bar exam and uh, hopes to be hired by HHM uh, the same um, same uh, um, law- lawyers uh, where his, uh, his brother uh, Chuck um, is a partner um, however um, he uh, his uh, brother was the one who pushed for Jimmy not to be uh, given a job there um, and uh, the, the senior partner Howard uh, Hamlin uh, was the one who uh, denied Jimmy the opportunity we're led to believe but Chuck definitely had a role in it uh, because as I say Chuck 
uh, didn't really have a lot of respect for um, for Jimmy. Uh, Howard Hamlin uh, is played by uh, the uh, the great uh, Patrick Fabian uh, in the show, and um, he and Jimmy have a very antagonistic uh, relationship with one another uh, because Howard is um, very good at what he does. He's very slick. He's always very well groomed, very well tailored. Whereas Jimmy is the the opposite, uh, really. He um, he doesn't. Uh, they don't get on because they are complete opposites. Um, so uh, uh, Jimmy carries on um, practicing law um, via his own solo uh, practice while uh, working out of the uh, the utility room of a Vietnamese uh, nail salon. Um, and um, but some years later, uh, following the divorce of his wife Rebecca, uh, Chuck um, uh, Charles um, McGill uh, develops a psychomatic aversion uh, to electricity um, and starts to become uh, semi reclusive. Um, he uh, Every time anyone who wishes to to visit him, they have to take any electronic um, things that they have, such as pagers or cell phones or anything that could conduct electricity, such as keys or rings or jewelry or or such. Uh, they have to put it in their in Chuck's mailbox before they can enter the rooms to, um, to before they can enter Chuck's house, so that they are grounded. Uh, but over the course of the the series, uh, we come to um, believe, or it's we're led to believe that a lot of this could be psychosomatic, that it could all be in um, Chuck's head. Uh, but Jimmy, uh, at the beginning of the series, cares a great deal for Chuck, and he's constantly bringing him around groceries and running errands for him, and... Um, Jimmy struggles with finances um, at the start of the show he drives this this very beat up uh, Suzuki Esteem um, and he's constantly butting heads with a uh, character of uh, Mike Ehrmantraut uh, who is a character that also crossed over from uh, Breaking Bad uh, he was uh, the head of security for um uh, Gus Fring, uh, who in Breaking Bad was a very successful uh, drug dealer who used um, his um, well-established um, chicken restaurant um, as a as a as a front, uh, while uh, behind the scenes he was uh, uh, the the head of a. Uh, of a, of a drug operation um, dealing uh, in uh, crystal meth and a, a, um, eventually Gus Fring would go into business with um, Walter White Walter White would start cooking the, the crystal meth for Gus Fring um, and that's how uh, Walter became associated with Mike Ehrman Trout uh, who's played by the great Jonathan Banks uh, who when we first meet him, who's a private investigator, 
he's what is known as a cleaner, so he cleans up any uh, criminal activities that um, he's been paid uh, to uh, kind of uh, sweep under the rug or try and um, put a, a good face on on certain things. Um, he's also a hitman, very dangerous uh, hitman. Um, and he he uh, appears throughout uh, Better Call Saul, and um, over time, uh, even though at the beginning of the series, um, both Saul and he um, do butt heads a lot, they have uh, moments where they they uh, are they're going their own paths. Um, so Mike is on a path himself. Uh, when, from when we first um, see him, um, when we first see him in Better Call Saul, he is uh, working uh, as a parking lot attendant at the the courthouse, where um, Jimmy uh, frequents quite uh, uh, quite a lot, and he's constantly dealing with Mike, um, and uh, Mike is constantly demanding payment or the right number of validation stickers from jimmy and uh that's uh that's the 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 majority of their interactions at the beginning of the series is this the interactions that they have when jimmy's trying to either uh enter the parking lot or exit the parking lot but over time mike mike's own story became um on becomes on on uh unraveled and revealed and we find out that um uh he was once uh, a a cop in um uh Philadelphia um uh, he uh he um he's still recovering from the death of his son Matt um and he still uh goes to see uh his uh uh his granddaughter um uh, as often as he can um and uh his um his uh, daughter-in-law um so and we we see that he and we see we saw this in breaking bad and the last uh season of breaking bad that um mike had this very close uh relationship with his granddaughter and that he wanted to leave money for her uh after he after he died um but uh yeah we see that he's 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 struggling um with uh um with losing his his son uh matt but uh, he's on good terms with his uh his daughter-in-law stacy and his granddaughter Kay- kaylee who he sees very often but as i say over the over the course of the series um the uh mike becomes ever closer to um becoming um a uh, a partner and under the employ of gus fring and it happens very gradually because uh gus doesn't really appear um until uh i think it's season three of the series uh when um He's tracked by Mike to uh, the Los Polos uh, Hermanos restaurant chain, uh, which um, Mike f- 
finds out is part of um, a bigger uh, drug trafficking uh, operation. And we also find out the backstory between uh, Mike Ehrmantraut and um, and uh, the character of uh, Nacho Varga. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, Tuco uh, Salamanca, uh, who he has a, um, a run-in with at the, begin- at the beginning of the series. Um, uh, throughout, uh, no, Tuco was in, um, uh, sorry, Hector Salamanca. Yeah, because Tuco was Hector Salamanca's uh, nephew. Uh, yeah, so it's um, Hector uh, that uh, Mike uh, has a run-in with um, uh, up until uh, Hector, of course, becomes uh, becomes um, confined to a wheelchair and has to use a, a bell to to uh, communicate with people. Uh, but yeah, Mike and uh, Nacho. Um, start working with one another especially when uh nacho is starts being brought in under the employ um of uh gus fring uh so we see the the progression of mike and um the the start of uh his relationship with um with uh sol goodman or should i say uh jimmy mcgill um, and over the course of the series, uh, we see him get even more closer to Gus Fring and becomes a very trusted consultant um, and an advisor to, to, Gus, to Gus Fring. Um, but yeah, and over the course of the series, of course, um, uh, Jimmy and, um, and Mike get closer to one another. They have several moments where they they share several experiences that bring them even closer to one another uh but the the show uh which is a an incredibly well written well directed and uh uh beautiful show that shows albuquerque new mexico in such a great light just as um breaking bad did in my opinion um but it's um it really is a an incredible it shows the great backstory uh of breaking bad everything that led up to all the the characters first appearing and um it really adds to the the universe of the breaking bad uh story uh it really gives a um a great deal of uh backstory for uh um, a lot of some of the characters that appeared on on Breaking Bad and um, especially Gus Fring uh, we see um, well he doesn't really change uh, but uh, we we see um, him become uh, a lot more we see him more uh, worried than at any time Um in in Breaking Bad because um, especially especially when um, the uh, the character of uh, Lalo um, who is uh, Hector Salamanca's um, nephew 
Oh, and uh, Hector Salamanca is played by the the great uh, Mark Margolis. I have to say that because he's he's a great um, great actor. It's a great uh, character. Uh, but Lalo, who's played by by uh, Tony Dalton, is uh, is one of these uh, people who just knows that you're lying. As soon as he he sees you, as soon as he he hears you, and he is the um, the biggest threat to Gus Fring, and we see he's a threat, and we see that Gus really has to um, has to fold in some cases to to Lalo, and he has to really cover up a lot of what he's uh, what he's doing, what he's planning, because uh, Gus Fring is is planning to break away from the Salamanca um, family. Uh, they helped invest and get the drug operation started in uh, Albuquerque, but uh, the the entire plan for for Gus is to eventually break away from the Salamancas and start up his own um, drug operation, and to have all the money that he's made go directly to him, and to not have to send anything uh, down to Mexico. Um, but this is and this is something that he accomplishes in Breaking Bad. We see this, but uh, during the events of uh, of Better Call Saul, uh, Gus is still um, struggling to keep uh, his plan to work against the Salamancas uh, a secret, and he um, he uh, struggles to do so because Lalo is someone that. Um, you really wouldn't want to to mess with because he as i say he knows he's so intelligent he's so uh capable of um finding out what's going on and uh there are so many occasions where uh ignacio uh nacho varga played by uh michael mando and um and lalo uh come close to uh, uh, situation where um, Lalo uh, would be would be would catch Nashio in his uh, the de- his dealings with Gus Fring because as I say this is all happening behind the scenes. Gus is working against the Salamancas. Nacho is supposed to be working with the Salamancas as one of their enforcers. Uh, and when but when Hector Salamanca becomes um, gets moved into a uh, and gets confined to a, a wheelchair, uh, then Nacho has to take over. So the Better Call Saul, it's called Better Call Saul, and it's about how Saul Goodman became Saul Goodman. But we also see many other paths, and we see many other storylines. Uh, one storyline is Kim Wexler. Who is she? Because in the events of Better Course, uh, in the events of Breaking Bad, we never heard anything about Kim Wexler. So it's there is a lot of speculation by the fans about where Kim Wexler is in the the timeline of Breaking Bad. Where did she go? Is she dead? Did she go to prison? Is um, did she have to change her identity? what what happened to her um what happened to lalo because he's mentioned in breaking bad in passing in the the episode uh better call saul um 
what happened to uh, Nacho Varga, what happens to him. Uh, we know what happens to Mike Trout, but there is still a lot of mystery how uh, what happens and what the, the connections are and um, and that's what makes the, the series so um, so compelling to watch because you want to know uh, you want to know more about these characters and you want to know what happened to them what is uh, what are the events that transpired um, that connects the beginning of Better Call Saul with the, the beginning of uh, Breaking Bad and it's very compelling um, we see lots of different sides um, to of, and we see lots of different characters um, and but as I say, one of the most um, one of the most interesting uh, characters, apart from Jimmy McGill, uh, who really goes on a on a journey um, and an, of transformation to become Saul Goodman. Um, you know, during the first season, um, uh, he uh, um, is uh, retained. Um, uh, and uh, employed to uh, help uh, Nacho uh, when he wants to uh, try and um, get money uh, from um, the this uh, couple uh, called the the Kettlemans, um, and they are. Um, they are attempting to embezzle uh, 1.6 million dollars at this point, um, and they attempt to re- retain the services of HHM. Um, but uh, Jimmy says that he wants to represent them, and then there is a uh, altercation, and the the uh, the the, uh, the Kettlemans end up um, hiding in the foothills um, behind their home, and. Uh, there's a whole um, drama that occurs with them. Um, but this is where Nacho uh, and also Tuco uh, first run into uh, into Jimmy McGill. Um, and Jimmy just gets away uh, from from them, just gets away with his, his life in his in his hands uh because he he was at one point facing being being shot and murdered and as over the course of the series um he and uh jimmy and nacho um have other dealings and they run into each other more um and um jimmy uh slowly but surely transforms he um even at one point has his license taken away his law uh, his license to to um, practice law taken away. He has to um, do community service um, because um, uh, he and his brother Chuck um, uh, start their relationship starts to break down, um, and uh, this leads to uh, Jimmy having to. Uh, basically work against Chuck and try to work to to prove that Chuck's um, uh, symptoms um, of uh, 
you know, being having this sensitivity to electricity um, is just psychosomatic. And um, Chuck uh, proves it in in co- in court, uh, uh, and he basically uh, makes a fool out of uh, um, Jimmy. Makes a fool out of Chuck, and he proves that Chuck's um, you know it's it's all in his head. Um, and eventually, this unfortunately leads to Chuck um, taking his own life in his home. Um, and he he kills himself. Um, and initially, Jimmy doesn't really uh, seem to react to this, the death of of Chuck. Um, um, however, it, it, uh, over time, it does get to him, and he does show that he that the sadness of um, the fact that his brother, his own brother, had no confidence in in him, didn't believe in him. Uh, was even working against him um, uh, but Jimmy and Kim uh, start up a uh, a law practice with uh, with one another um, and with they, they move into their own their own uh, offices and uh, they get even more closer to one another Um but uh, while um, Jimmy's uh, law career was in limbo, he started going down more of a, a criminal route. He started, um, he took employment uh, in a cell phone store, and uh, he learnt about these uh, these uh, burner phones, which people uh, criminals could use once and then throw away. The very uh, low-cost phones that um, are very popular with, with criminals and he starts dealing these phones out of the uh, the trunk of his car actually and um, yeah he gets even more um, goes more even more down the the, the criminal uh, route slowly but surely and uh, when he's given the opportunity to uh to uh, regain um, his um, his law, uh, his get his um, his license back, to have his license reinstated. Um, Jimmy makes a speech at the appeal pa- the appeal panel um, because uh, initially his request for reinstatement is denied. Um, uh, because he failed to show remorse for the death of his brother, but when he appeals it and he he, uh, he goes uh, before them and convinces them um, to reinstate his license, and he uh, regains his license once again, we see him uh, asking for a DA, DBA application um, uh, so that he can. Uh, practice law he can register uh, under a another name um, and he and he convinces the the appeal board and after he comes out and is successful he uh, confesses to Kim that it was all insincere it was just a con and uh, that um, uh, from this moment on he's going to start practicing law under the name Saul Goodman 
which is a play on the phrase soul good man and that's uh, a phrase that he uses at one point um and yeah he goes he capitalizes even more on this prepaid cell phone business of selling these so-called burner phones um and uh at this point in the series uh kim has um uh started to um work at a um another uh law firm uh schweitkart and coakley um and uh she um be, is made uh, the partner in charge of the new banking division there um and she gets even more in in integral to their um their business there um uh but uh she constantly keeps coming back to jimmy and um the um and because jimmy he never stops you know being slipping jimmy as he's called he he can't stop himself from going off the, the straight and narrow he has to constantly be on be doing something that he shouldn't be doing um and it's just just in his his nature and uh slowly but surely kim uh starts to become invested in more in jimmy and she starts to go along with jimmy when he starts to um you know make all these other cons um and uh and even though she uh, is in charge of the, the, the banking department uh, at uh, Swicart and Coakley, and the, the major uh, client is the, the uh, Mesa Verde Bank, um, and she has it all made for herself. She just can't keep herself from being associated with Jimmy uh, uh, because she loves him, and he loves her. Um and um so as to uh um to solidify their relationship uh even more just in case uh anything was um to to happen uh if uh, jimmy was uh ever um convicted or he uh he you know had to be uh deposed that um um Kim would be able to uh be able to help him uh if they were married uh, so they decide to marry at uh, a uh, in a courthouse ceremony um and uh and they of course they're living together at this point uh which they have been uh for for quite a while uh in um in uh, Kim's uh, apartment and we also see uh, Hank Schrader uh, uh, pop up in the series as well in a couple of um, couple of episodes another connection to Breaking Bad of course play, uh, played by the, the great Dean Norris um, and uh, yeah it's, it's so great when you see characters uh drop in and out of um, Better Call Saul and you know who they're going to become uh, later on in Breaking Bad and you, you see them before they you, you before they uh, became integral to, to the plot of Breaking Bad um, but as I say the question that still compels a lot of fans of 
um, of Breaking Bad and of Better Call Saul is what about Kim? What is going to happen to Kim? Because Kim becomes even more criminally minded. Uh, she starts to look for ways to con people all the time. She 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 seems to have become more like Saul Goodman than than Jimmy is becoming like Saul Goodman, and that's where I say that the question is what is going to happen to Kim? That's the the overriding question because she's one of the most um, compelling characters in in the whole series because everybody knows what's going to happen to Jimmy McGill. He's already sold Goodman at this point um, at the end of season five and then when season six does eventually premiere, uh, we will see that will be the end of Better Call Saul and we'll find out not only what will happen to to Kim and to uh, to Lalo um, uh, and to Nacho, uh, uh, but we'll also find out, um, you know, how it, how it's all going to connect with Breaking Bad. But also going to find out what was going to happen with uh, Gene, which is the identity. Uh, that um, Gene Takovic that uh, uh, Jimmy slash Saul Goodman slash Gene Takovic is uh, in the um, the flash forwards if you will the events that take place after Breaking Bad so that is still in question uh, but there are so many things still in question there are so many answers that um, need to be revealed uh, to connect uh, the two series because even though they feature um, that they, they are so integrated with one another, the 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 the, the backstory is that we see to Breaking Bad in Better Call Saul is so informative uh, and so integral to how we uh, we see uh, Breaking Bad. And, and in fact, when you go back and watch Breaking Bad, knowing all of the events and everything that takes place in better course or you do enjoy it even more because you know who these people these characters were like Mike Ehrman Trout Gus Fring um uh Saul Goodman um Huel the character of Huel uh who is uh a um someone who uh works for Saul Goodman um but uh yeah so it's it's very compelling even now um and it'll be sad to see better call Saul coming to an end because so many people have been so um uh so obsessed with the series because uh, as the series has gone on uh it's just got better and better and um especially when they started introducing even more characters from the breaking bad uh timeline uh it became even even more rich because as i say we not only uh started asking questions about what's gonna happen to jimmy uh we started asking questions what's gonna happen to lalo um but uh yeah the most compelling character i would say even more than Saul goodman is is kim and that is um that's all because really of uh the 
the performance uh, of uh, Rhea Seahorn because um, you know she's the antithesis of Saul. She's this very confident lawyer who is so good at her job. She's capable, one of the most uh, capable lawyers, um, and she's able to to have. Uh, and she she could have and she does have a, a great career uh, and if she wasn't associated with Jimmy McGill then she could potentially have her own law firm become a partner you know but she loves Jimmy um, and that's why she goes through all that she goes through um, that's why she ends up in certain situations um, even facing off against uh drug dealers um there's a great scene in the fifth season where she goes toe-to-toe uh with uh lalo and um it's a great scene where she's putting up a a a defense of uh of uh jimmy when jimmy's life is in danger and uh yeah she um she really isn't afraid to uh to put a self um um between jimmy and the the barrel of a of a gun essentially um and it's been uh um it's been uh said that uh kim's arc is uh her 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 arc from the beginning of the the series to the to the end is is like this impending tragedy um especially as she becomes even more um her life and what she does becomes even more intertwined with what jimmy does um and uh she's very self-destructive we see she is you know engaged in these um these illegal actions um so yeah that's the that's the question what's going to happen to to kim and how will things end with uh jimmy slash uh soul um and uh and kim because jimmy and kim that they're the, the center of the of the whole uh series um and uh, we don't know uh, if they're aware of one another, if she's potentially the person um, who uh, Sol asks his, um, uh, his secretary, uh, Francesca, uh, to uh, call um, at a telephone booth on November 12th which uh, is coincidentally uh, Jimmy's uh, birthday at 3pm um, which we, uh, we we see which is kind of a flash forward in the timeline of Better Call Saul to the time of Breaking Bad uh, and it was at the moment where Saul was clearing out his office and preparing to start his new life um, uh, in the episode uh, Quite a Ride uh, and this is where he, he turns to uh, uh, Francesca and uh, asks her to call this, um, to be at a telephone booth on uh, a particular date 
uh, particular time to receive this call and uh, yeah the question is with for by a lot of people will the person be, who's going to be calling her be Kim um, but we don't know um, it's all speculation at this point uh, but uh, yeah who knows we'll find out hopefully but yeah it's a great series um, uh, very comedic uh, has some very serious scenes uh, but in it's essentially a, a tragedy in lots of respects um, but it's very dramatic very entertaining uh, and it it really does fill in a great deal of uh, backstory for a lot of the characters on Breaking Bad and it really does um, make their stories even more um, fulfilled in fact you feel like you you know the characters more after you've you've see you see them in uh, in uh, Better Call Saul and who knows if we're going to see any more people from Breaking Bad turn up in Better Call Saul in the the sixth and final season um, uh, so we'll have to wait and see but uh, yeah who knows who knows what's going to happen who uh, and where is Kim Wexler at the end uh, that's a that's a burning question that everybody wants to know but I'm sure uh, both Peter Gold uh, who's the um, the showrunner of Better Call Saul and Vince Gilligan uh, who is also uh, executive producer on Better Call Saul will give us answers to all of the questions that uh, we want to know um, but yeah I think I'm going to leave it there for now. Uh, so I just want to say, if you haven't seen Better Call Saul and you're a fan of Breaking Bad, or if potentially you watched the first season of Better Call Saul or the, be- the first few episodes and you thought, mm, I don't know if it's for me, which I know a lot of people did. They they watched it initially and they, they weren't um, they were, were really engaged with it because it was very different to, break, to Breaking Bad. But um, I can honestly tell you that the more you watch A Better Call Saul, the more invested you become in the, the story and more invested in the characters and the more that you want to know what happens to them and how they uh, fit into the, how they came to fit in with the, the events that transpired in uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, so if, as I say, if you've seen it, you didn't like it, go back, watch it again, at least get through the first season get through the second season and by the time you reach the third season and Gus Fring turns up um, then you'll be pleasantly surprised and you'll want to continue to watch over and over again uh, especially as uh, Gus becomes associated with first becomes associated with Mike Ermentrout and Mike and um, Saul Jimmy McGill start to work together even more and as Jimmy McGill and Kim get even closer to one another and uh, yeah there's a lot of fireworks and a lot of uh, uh, great stories uh, in some great episodes uh, in um, in the seasons uh, from uh, from one to five um, and it's uh, it's it's great it's very enjoyable very uh, re- rewatchable and I've watched it uh, countless times uh, now um, and I, I think as I say the, the comp- there, there are so many compelling characters but uh, 
Jimmy and Kim um, just got to find out what happened there. How did their story come to an end? How did and why did Jimmy McGill, a.k.a. Sol Goodman, um, end up on his own? Where was Kim in the events of uh, Breaking Bad? But yeah, as I say, I'm going to leave it there for now. Uh, so check out Breaking Bad if you haven't seen it. It's a great series as well. Check out Break, uh, Better Call Saul if you haven't seen it. And um, you, won't be, you won't be disappointed. But yeah, uh, I think I'm going to leave it there for now. I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, hope you like what you heard. And I'll talk to you again soon. If you like what you heard in uh, this episode of uh, the Mark Hastings experience um, and if you want to check out some more of my poetry um, then you uh, you can head over to markthepoet.me uh, which is my website and you'll find uh, lots of the poems that I've written over the years um, if you want to uh, check out some of my poetry uh, in a uh, book form uh, you can go to Amazon and you'll find um, all 10 of my books that I've had published. Um, they're all books of poetry, um, uh, books of stories, uh, books of uh, memories and uh, experiences. Um, and there'll be more to come. And uh, if you would love to um, contribute uh, to... Uh, to the podcast then you can do so by heading over to patreon and searching for mark the poet and uh your uh, your support would be greatly appreciated um but uh, as i was saying i hope you liked what you heard in this uh, episode um and i'll talk to you again soon